honesty hour, I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. So what's going on, everybody? You're listening to The Strange On Purpose podcast. I haven't done an episode in a while, uh, really just been focused on the business. So I wanted to do something a little bit differently. I posted on all my social media platforms, hey, I'm doing an article slash solo podcast on everything being a young entrepreneur, kind of my story. So any questions you have, drop them in the comments below. And I got a lot of responses and I purposely just didn't, um, didn't look at any of them. I have all the screenshots there in a doc so that I can answer them, but I want them to be just super candid, super real. I don't want any fluff. I didn't want any preparation. I wanted you to get the real authentic me. Um, And I want to do this more and I want to open up more. And I want you guys to learn more about us because what we're going through, I know there's a lot of people that are wanting to do things that are similar and it's been a lot of fun, but it's also been super, super challenging. So just to give you an update on what's been going on with us, I'm really just getting more structure, more organized when it comes to our business. We recently brought on a business coach and she's really just helped us again, like make sure that every vertical of our business, every area of our business has someone that's accountable for that. So I'm really rolling in the entrepreneurial operating system within our company. And it's been, it's been kind of hard for me letting go of control, letting go, um, and trusting people in certain areas, but it's been so, so beneficial um, and integral to our success thus far. So I've been focused on, okay, like where do we want to go in the future? What are some services that we want to roll out? And all these things that I've never really had to do or never really had the time to do, but I think it's where I'm best. So it's kind of what's going on with us. We have some very, very lofty goals for the rest of the year. I have some very personal lofty goals for the rest of the year. I want to meet um, some of my heroes like Kobe Bryant, Sofia Moroso, Jason Silva. Um, I'd love to meet Obama and I want to do all these things uh, before the end of the year. And I'll be talking more about that in, in later episodes. But again, like if you, if there's anybody that you want us to interview, if there's something that you want to hear more of, we're going to be doing these different segments. I know Izzy's been doing his kicks and thrift, talking about fashion and entrepreneurship um, and building brands. I've been focused more on the startup side and uh, people that have built companies because I want to learn from them, but I'd love to do something on video games. And we're going to bring on more people from our team to start their own segments and talk about different things. So anything that you want to hear, let us know and we'll, we'll think about it. And if we dig it, we'll dive into it and Really, we just want to bring you guys as much value as possible. I just want to thank everybody who listens, everybody that's downloaded, everybody that's recommended our show because it's been so fun and we've interviewed so many amazing minds. So I just appreciate all of you. If you love what you hear, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, that would be rad. But that being said, I do want to dive into these questions. And again, I want it to be real. I want it to be honest. And I didn't want to prepare for any of this so that you are getting the actual me and not the manufactured, not the prepared me. So someone asked, how are you? I'm doing really well. I appreciate it. Um, I'm actually in like this, uh, this weird mental state as of late. I went to Chicago for a speaking engagement uh, with like one of my friends from the UK. It was his event and I agreed to do it. And I was supposed to talk about monetizing your personal brand. Here's how you make money with your story. And I went to Chicago early and I ended up talking to high school students before and it just like completely changed the way that I I was thinking. And it was super eye-opening. It was awesome to see these students, but it was just a conversation. I went around and I talked to all of them and 
I really got to thinking, like, am I actually bringing value? Like, why do people want to hear me talk? Why do people watch my videos? Uh, why do people read my blogs? And all of a sudden I've taken off, but why are people actually consuming it? Why do people fly across the freaking country to come meet me, to hear me speak? Why do they drive miles to come hear me speak? And because of that, I went to the speaking engagement about monetizing um, your personal brand, monetizing your story. And I went up there, I'm like, okay, I need everybody to come in close. I'm having a day. And I kind of explained like this space that I've been in mentally. And I just opened it up for Q&A. And a guy asked me, he's like, hey, like, clearly, like, you've been in a dark place before. I know your story. I'm familiar with it. So why, and you know how to get out of that, so why are you choosing to stay in that space? Why are you choosing to stay in that mental state? And I kind of explained to him, like, I was, a, I was a singer-songwriter for six or seven years, and some of the best pieces that I ever wrote were, were as a musician when I was in a dark place, right? I was, that, those are the most beautiful pieces that I ever wrote when I was in a dark place, and I used that darkness to create something beautiful, and I kind of like brought that back to entrepreneur, entrepreneurship. I'm in a dark place, but it's not a bad dark place. I'm just really questioning, okay, am I bringing real value? And I think I need to be there because I have this popularity, but am I bringing value? I'm an influencer, I'm telling these stories, but am I bringing real value? Am I actually talking, touching on the points that people actually want to hear? So that's kind of something that I've been going through as of late. And that, that talk was amazing. It was probably one of the best um, that I've ever done because I felt like I was actually connecting to people. I had a guy come up to me, he's like, hey, you've changed the way that I viewed everything storytelling, everything branding, so thank you. Because of you, I've been able to get a TEDx talk. Because of you, I decided to wear these red glasses that have helped me stand out, you know? And I just thought that was incredible to see like, hey, I'm actually impacting people, but I'm in a space where I just want to take everything that I'm doing to the next level. How can I get better? I'm not okay with being good. I want to be the best. I want to be the best that I can be. So how can I take that to the next level? How can I be a thought leader versus just like an influencer? How can I make sure that I'm continuously growing and continuously bringing value and continuously fostering community? So that is how I am. So I appreciate you asking. Um, let's see what we got on here. Um, how successful do you have to be to bring employees on? So I would say I made a lot of mistakes in that area. Initially with my two ventures before Urban Misfit Ventures, um, I kind of just brought on a team because I didn't want to do it alone. I was super afraid. Um, I didn't want to do it alone. I didn't think I had the skills. And honestly, I didn't have the skills. So I convinced people, hey, like this is the mission. I can't pay you. Let's do this. And that's kind of how I operated for a long time. Second company, very similar. Um, I did end up paying people because we made money eventually. This third company though, um, I knew exactly what I was good at. I knew exactly what I sucked at and I knew what we needed. So I built the team around that. And then after that, we kind of made more mistakes again. We tried to grow too fast, which I'd rather do that than try to grow too slow. But we brought on people, hey, yeah, we need someone to manage social. We need this, we need this, we need this. Uh, but we actually didn't need those things. We just were looking at other companies. Yeah, they have this role, they have this role, this role going in the future. And it wasn't until recently where we were like, hey, who's accountable for marketing? Who's accountable for operations? Who do, who's accountable for sales? Who's accountable for finances? And all these different verticals, and then who's underneath that? So what do we actually need to succeed? What's the bare minimum? How can we get to our goals? What do we need versus what's everybody else doing? So um, really, I would say, honestly, I would encourage people to grow quickly, but 
get outside of working in the business and get to working on the business as soon as possible. Because up until recently, I was doing a lot of the work. I was doing the writing, you know, I was talking to the clients all the time and that was taking up a lot of my time. And now more than ever, I'm really just working on the business and it's still, it's still like an evolution process. It's still changing for me. So I would say if you can, as soon as possible, get out of working in it and get on, get into working on the business as soon as you can. So that's outsourcing, that's hiring, finding a partner, whatever that is. But as soon as you can do that, that's when your business is really gonna flourish. So get out of that technician mode and get into that entrepreneur, that business owner mode. I hope that answers that, uh, but that's kind of my experience with that. Um, what's the most important aspect to focus on first when getting your business off the ground? <clears throat> I would say a mistake that I made is okay, is our logo done? Is our website done? How's the branding? How's the messaging? And I focus on all these different things when all I really had to focus on was sales, on making money. So I would say the most important aspect is, is, is cash flow, right? If you don't have money, you're not gonna be a business. If you don't have money, you're not gonna survive because cash is oxygen. If you don't have that, your business is going to fail. Um, in, Honestly, like I would say that's the most important part. You don't have a business. Jackie Hermes said this on, I think our first, our very first podcast episode or third podcast episode. She said, you don't have a business until someone's ready to pay you for it. So duct tape it together and go sell. Duct tape it together and go sell something. Don't worry about making it perfect. Don't worry about making it the best thing ever. Just get your shit together and go sell something. I would say that's the most important aspect when you're first getting started. Like, of course, like make sure it's a viable business. Make sure that there's an actual need for what you're doing. But after you have all that, go sell something. You can waste all the time on building an audience, which I think is important. All this time on building a brand, which I think is important. But if you can't sell it, you're going to fail. If you're not making money, you're going to fail. Your business is going to fail. And that's, that's a mistake that I made twice. And with this company, that's really when we started flourishing. Um, this company is and has been flourishing because of that, because we focus on sales, we focus on making money versus, okay, is our logo good? We have the shittiest logos for the longest time. Even our stuff now, like our branding isn't amazing, but we're able to sell our ideas, we're able to sell ourselves. So, make those sales. Um, by the way, yeah, I did meet you, man. Chicago was awesome meeting you. Um, what do you think caused you to be willing to go out? So Nicole asks, what in your nature do you think caused you to be willing to go out and do this on your own? Um, I would say that's a very good question. And honestly, it's a question that I ask myself a lot. Um, was I born this way? Was it something that happened? Like, why, do, why did I think I was so special that I could do this when so many people failed? Um, and honestly, I think, it's, I think it's pain. I think pain is really the reason why I was able to do this alone because I was in so much pain. At the time, like, my girlfriend left me, um, I was struggling, I was upset all the time, I was angry, I didn't like the job that I was working, I declined like basically my dream job, I didn't like the mental space that I was in, I was upset and miserable all the time, so I quit. And I did this, and I, I told myself like, hey, yeah, I'm still struggling, my company's not making any money, but if I'm gonna be miserable, I'm at least gonna be miserable doing something that I love. And I think that's why, because I was in pain, and I, I always went back to that state of pain, and I knew that it would never get that bad again if I just kept going. So honestly, I don't think it's that I'm special or anything like that, I don't think it's a characteristic that I had, I think it's just pain. And I really understood the pain that I was in, and I never wanted to be in that state again. And because of that, I was able to grow. Because of that, I was able to get good at my craft. I was able to attract a team. I was able to build a personal brand and now a company. But I think it all originated from that pain. And I think there's a lot of people that are afraid of that. They're afraid of their feelings. They want to be happy all the time. They 
they want to um, be excited all the time, but they run from the fear. They run from the sadness. They run from all of these emotions that we have. But I think those emotions help us. They amplify us and they make us better entrepreneurs and make us better people if we allow ourselves to feel those things. So for me, it was pain. I didn't like where I was, and I used that to get me to where I am now. And I would, I would say that's it. That's honestly it. Like, of course, like I got good, I got better. But if you look at my old videos, and I recorded like over 500 videos, they sucked. And I was nowhere near the caliber that I'm at now. And I'm sure I'll say the same thing next year, and the same thing the year after that, and the same thing the year after that. But it all originated with pain for me. So don't run from that if you're feeling that, I would say. Um, What's the biggest benefit of being a young entrepreneur? What's the biggest challenge you face being a young entrepreneur? Angela said that, um, or asked that. I would say the biggest benefit of being a young, I was, honestly, biggest challenge, let's start with that. There are a lot of challenges. I would say the, the main thing you're gonna run into is, hey, um, how do I know I can trust you? That's what a lot of people talk about, or like, you're super young, like why would I follow you? And honestly, I haven't heard a lot of that. Um, I know there's people that think that, I can tell by their face when I walk in the when I walk in the room and they're like, oh, where's, where's the CEO? You know, because I'm super young and I wear a big black hat. But honestly, I haven't heard that verbalized a lot. I know there's a lot of people that question my, my leadership and have questioned my leadership and, and my authority because I'm young and I'm talking about building a business, but I've always kind of done it from my perspective. Um, I'd say honestly, the biggest challenge is just not knowing what you don't know because you are you are young. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that that pretend they know these things and they 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 give advice even though they haven't gone through these things. But I would say the biggest challenge of being a young entrepreneur, and I would just say young as in like, you haven't had a successful business yet, honestly, like it's you don't know what you don't know. So how I've combated that is getting a business coach that's freaking incredible. She's helped us tremendously. Um, having mentors around me, honestly, like creating content and voicing my opinions because I can then go back and track, okay, this is what I thought, this is what worked, this is what didn't work. Um, I would say the challenge is just not knowing what I don't know. Um, and how you combat that is getting amazing people around you, creating a team that is really good at their craft um, and amplifying your weakness, I'm sorry, amplifying your strengths and filling in your weaknesses. Um, biggest benefit to being a young entrepreneur? Um, that's a good question. That's an interesting question. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. Um, biggest benefit to being a young entrepreneur is like time. Honestly, like I have so much time. There's so much things, so many things that I want to do. Um, I talk a lot about owning an esports organization or investing in an esports organization because I love that space. I've always loved that space. I love the storytelling there. I talk about being a part of the marketing team for Mars. Um, I have so much time. Hopefully, I have so much time. I would say that's the biggest benefit of being a young entrepreneur. You have patience, right? I don't have kids yet. All I have is my dog who's sitting here right next to me. You know, like I don't have a lot of commitments right now. I have so much time and so much freedom I would say that's the benefit so use that like take time to learn and get better at your craft take time to meet people that you're wanting to meet because you have so much of it and you have so much energy and I hear that's not always going to be there so I would say that's a big benefit to just being a young entrepreneur and of course like the the challenge is that I don't know things that I don't know do you think the only way to be successful now is taking the entrepreneurial path can you have fun and make money at the same time? Joshua asked both of those questions. I will answer the first part first. Um, do you think the only way to be successful now is taking the entrepreneurial path? I would say hands down, no. That is not the only way to be successful. I think there's, I think entrepreneurship is romanticized like heavily. Every, 
everybody right now wants to be an entrepreneur. Everybody's talking about being an entrepreneur, but I think very few people are actually entrepreneurs. Very few people are actually building viable businesses. And the ones that are really aren't really like talking about it all the time. They're not flaunting all the time. I would say entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur is not it's not glamorous, it's not fun. Um, I went to bed yesterday just super anxious, super stressed out, and I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. And there's a lot of things that I don't talk about. There's a lot of things that I don't open up about because honestly, I don't know how. Um, and there's things that I'll try to explain to people that I'm close with that I just, I don't know how to explain it. And there's always things on my mind. You know, like there's been times where the founders here like sacrifice pay so that we can pay our employees because companies didn't pay on time. There's been times like initially when we first started, we didn't get paid for like four months, you know, like this is not always fun. It's not always glamorous, but those successful times far outweigh the, the, the failure and tribulations that you're going to face and the challenges that you're going to face. But I would say being an entrepreneur is actually very risky uh, because Again, my first business failed, my second business failed, and there is a chance that this company is gonna fail as well. Like I'll continuously grow. I don't think I'll, I think I'm psychologically unemployable at this time, but I would say um, being an entrepreneur is definitely not the only way to be successful. There's influencers, there's people, millions of people that are successful, like just being that second man or that second gal or just a person in another company. There's nothing wrong with working for somebody else. Not everybody can be an entrepreneur. There's freelancers, right? There's athletes. Being an entrepreneur is definitely not the only way to be successful and it's actually very risky. I would encourage more people though um, to build up their personal brand equity. What that means for other people is gonna be different than what it means for me, but for me, like it's, hey, like am I a thought leader in my field? Like do people look to me for advice in my field? Am I being paid to just be me? Am I more than my company? You know, building that brand equity and that trust. If you do that, you're gonna be more, more successful in the future because we've got virtual reality, augmented reality, artificial intelligence, blockchain, internet of things, and all of these things that I can name off on the technology side that have the potential to place us, replace us um, at any moment, have the potential to take jobs. If we are continuously telling our story and we find a way to uh, stand out, you're gonna be more successful in the future. But I would say being an entrepreneur is definitely not, definitely not the only path, and this is not something that I wish upon people because it is stressful and it is hard. And again, I go to bed anxious all the time. Um, can you have fun and make money at the same time? I would say also, hands down, definitely. I think right now, while it is stressful and it's super hectic, I'm having the most fun that I've ever had. Um, and a lot of the people that I surround myself with, it's, it's the same thing. Like they're enjoying their lives. They're, they're super happy. They love what they're doing. It's not to say that they don't go through challenges, that they're not upset or they're not anxious or stressed out sometimes, but they're enjoying their life and they love what they do. So yes, I would say, I would encourage you to find something that you love that you can make money with. Again, like there's so many influencers out there. I know I know a person that literally just makes money because they love dogs. Like I know somebody that makes money just helping dads be better dads. You can monetize anything. It's just a matter of getting creative and using your strengths to do that. For me, like I get I get I don't take a lot. I decline a lot, but I I get influencer deals all the time. Not all the time, I get influencer offers all the time. I just accepted one with Gillette and I don't even have a beard, right? But um, I did one with Heineken. I have um, do speaking engagements all the time. It's just a matter of, hey, what am I passionate about and how can I get creative about monetizing this? And am I clear around my brand? And that's something that I talk about a lot in my talks, I'm talking about it tomorrow. Just having that clarity around who you are, having that clarity around who 
where you're going and having that clarity around why people should follow you. Because people can't follow you if they don't know where you're going and if you don't know where you're going, but people won't pay you to be you or pay you um, around that thing that you wanna have fun around or around that passion if you don't identify that passion, if you're not clear around communicating that passion. So yes, you can make money while you're having fun because I'm doing it and I know so many people that are doing it. So how do you, Denise asks, how do you deal with those who don't take you seriously because of your age? Um, and honestly, like I don't work with those people. People that don't take me seriously because of my age, I don't work with them. It's not people that I wanna work with because I don't wanna have to be in an environment where I constantly have to prove myself. I only work with people that understand, okay, this is what they're good at. This is what he's good at. I work with those people that understand because I can't waste my time and I can't waste my energy trying to convince people otherwise. I create a lot of content and I've continuously proved myself in that realm that I'm consistent and I'm building my company, I'm walking the talk, um, but I, I can't waste time on people that don't believe in me. I can't waste time on people that um, underestimate me because of my age. So honestly, I just, I ignore them. And hopefully they turn into followers and they turn into supporters later on if I continuously grow and continuously prove that I know what I'm talking about. Because honestly, I don't talk about anything that I don't know. And I don't know a lot of things. Um, how do you balance creativity, clients, and profit and asset? It's um, a good question, actually. Balance creativity, clients, and profit. So for me, I, I consider myself like a mad scientist. I love to test, I love to try new things, and I'm always doing that. Um, what I do by nature is creative. My entire team, what they do by nature is creative. One thing that we do is like this big brainstorming ideation session. We get together and we just talk, we just throw ideas off the walls. Maybe we should try this, maybe we should do this. And just getting together and making sure that we don't fall into groupthink and just bouncing off each other's ideas and crafting all these different concepts. But spending time with creative people for sure helps in that regard, but also having a process around that that creativity that create having a process around that creativity process um, in terms of client and profit though like same thing making sure that we're testing everything that we do with clients on ourselves first making sure that we're creating internally and creating for clients so that we do have that creativity so that we are inspired and I, I I'd be lying if I, if I said it's something that we don't struggle with because there are times where we get a little bit burned out there are times where we're not as inspired as we usually are but again just surrounding ourselves with people that are happy with people that enjoy what they're doing and people that want to be creative and doing it on our own side so that we can then funnel that into our our clients as well. What sort of doubts and fears do you have currently and how are you working to overcome them? So Pervy asked that. Um, and I would go back to what I was saying earlier. So um, with all the people that I've worked with and all the stuff that I've created, I have over 10 million content views. Um, and I've done speaking engagements like VidCon and TEDx and I'm doing Inbound 2019 this year, which is gonna be the biggest stage that I ever step on. Um, and it's honestly like, a, why, why do people want to listen to me? Like, why would anybody in the world read my stuff and things like that? And I've seen the impact and I know I've impacted people and I've talked to the people that I've impacted, but for whatever reason recently, like that is what I'm struggling with. Like, am I actually valuable? Like, am I actually impacting people's lives? Cause I'm not doing it on the scale that I want to, but does my life matter, you know? Like, am I actually impacting people? I would say that's the biggest, I wouldn't say doubt, but I'd say the biggest like mental struggle right now, mental barrier. But again, like I'm using that to make sure that I am. 
bringing value, that I am actually hitting the points that people need to hear, that I am bringing value in the way that I want to bring value, that I am impacting lives in the way that I want to impact lives, that I am actually helping people. So I would say that's the biggest struggle now. Outside of that, I really, really freaking struggle with taking all of my ideas and taking what I'm thinking and feeling and portraying that to my team, portraying that to the world. That's what I struggle with the most. Um, so I would say that. And then again, just being in that mental state where, hey, am I actually bringing value? Um, what was or still is your greatest fear from a personal perspective related to your business? Um, biggest fear on a personal side is that I will be mediocre or I will be irrelevant. And I think I've always kind of had that fear. And again, I'm super competitive. I want to be the best. Um, but I, I want to know that I'm making real impact and that I'm actually helping people. From a business side, I would say that, honestly, that I, I'm not going to be a good leader. Um, and I think it, it stems from the two failures that I had previously. Um, and I, I learned a lot about who I am. I learned a lot about, okay, this is what kind of leader I am. This is the kind of people that I need around me because these are my weaknesses. Here are my strengths. Um, but honestly, that do I have what it takes to get us to the next level? Do I have what it takes to take this company and get it to where we see it, where we envision? And I don't think that's a bad thing that I had that fear. I think, I think fear is a superpower. One of my favorite shows um, back in the day was Doctor Who. And one of the characters, the doctor says, um, fear is a superpower. It, it pushes you. It makes you faster. It makes you stronger. And if I think back to my time as an athlete, collegiate athlete, like the times that I was afraid, like, hey, can I actually do this? Can I actually jump this? Can I beat this person? I don't know if I can do it. Those are the times that I just blacked out and jumped or ran as fast as I could. And I, I surprised myself and I was in awe of myself. So I would say I am afraid um, that maybe I don't have what it takes, but I also think that that fear pushes me to be a better leader. It pushes me to be a better person because I'm aware of my weaknesses and I'm aware of where I could be better. So. That's definitely what I would say from a business perspective. I'm not really afraid of failure um, because I, I've done it so many times and I've used that to make myself better. But I would say that is probably the thing that I'm afraid of the most. Um, ooh, wow, sorry. What is, what's your biggest input when it comes to engaging the human factor in business slash entrepreneurship? Um, the biggest input when it comes to engaging the human factor, I would say story. Um, story has been incredibly powerful for us. It's been incredibly powerful for myself. Um, just personally, I'd say honestly, like just a whole misfit story arc that we've built. We've had people come up to us, hey man, like, or hey, all of you, like, I identify so heavily with that. Um, and I just wanna know, I've been following you for a long time, but the reason I love you guys so much because the story isn't about you, it's about us. I see myself in your story. And I would say that, that has been the most powerful thing. That's the thing that's allowed us to grow so quickly. That's been the thing that um, has helped us connect with so many people on a, a deeper level than we're used to and build this community that is an actual community where people feel like they're bringing value and getting value. I'd say the stories, but also like individually, the stories that add up to that misfit arcs, like Ken talking about his life, Diz talking about his life, um, Tess talking about her life, right? Everybody has their story and it opens, um, people being vulnerable opens that, that it's a gateway to connecting. So I would say just the story that we're telling individually and the story that we're telling as a company, as a group and as a community, that's been the biggest factor. Um, 
Is openness a taboo subject in business or should people apply it more and why and how? Um, I would say it depends on what you're, what you're referring to as openness. I'm assuming you're talking about like vulnerability, which to me, again, it's a gateway to connection. But hey, how vulnerable do you want to get? How vulnerable should you be? I would say I interviewed Jordan Syatt, who was previously Gary Vaynerchuk's personal trainer, um, I believe for a year or a few years. Um, I don't believe he is anymore, but <clears throat> I asked him if he could do um, one thing to generate leads for his business. And only that one thing for the end of time, what would that one thing be? And he said, create content. But he went on to say like, hey, I like being vulnerable has just changed everything for me. And Gary was um, a reason for that. But he said, I've never ever regretted being vulnerable, but I've always regretted not being vulnerable, if that makes sense. He's, there have been times where he's opened up and it's always led to something, but there's been times where he didn't open up and it, like he felt bad about it, you know, he wasn't open, he, wanted, he wasn't honest. And I would say it's the same thing in business, but you, it really depends on who you are. For me, like open up about a lot, but not everything. Like I like to go through the struggle, I like to go through the pain so that I can then open up and help other people. So again, I would say it definitely is taboo, it definitely is frowned upon in a lot of areas, but the world is changing and there's a lot of content creators that are opening up and we recognize that being vulnerable is a gateway to that connection. If you look at all of the viral campaigns that we typically see, like, um, the John Cena cricket campaign, right? It was all about vulnerability, all about vulnerability. And that was probably, I believe, the most viral campaign of 2018. So it's definitely a gateway to connection. It's just a matter of finding what is your baseline? What are you comfortable with? And then maybe pushing the boundaries on that. But I would say for me as well, like being vulnerable, I've never ever really regretted that. And it's always helped my business. It just depends like, hey, how vulnerable am I willing to be? And if you're not sure, just dip your toe in the water and try it. And you can always adjust from there. Um, what is the role of the numbers game when everyone wants to be happy? What is happiness in the business ring? That's a good question. Um, yeah, it's a really good question. I would say culture for us is, is the most important thing for us. But then again, like we need to recognize that it is a business. Um, so for us now, again, we're getting that clarity. So what is our culture? What do we actually value? Who are we as people and where are we actually going? Getting crystal freaking clear on that and clear on the culture and firing and hiring based off of that culture is what we're gonna be doing moving forward. We recently let go of two people because just wasn't a good fit. They were amazing people, incredibly talented people, but it wasn't a good fit culturally. It wasn't a good fit for the business and where we're going, so we let them go. Um, and I would say you have to make those decisions because otherwise it's gonna be like a cancer and your business is gonna go down and your, your cash flow is gonna be affected by that. Bottom line is gonna be affected by that cancer. So um, just being clear on who you are and where you're going and what that culture is, what your value what your values are as a as a company as a culture as an organization and then firing and hiring based off of that but 
Again, it is a business, so the numbers are important. If you're not making money, if you're in the red, you're not gonna, it's gonna be very hard to be successful. So for sure, it is a business, but again, if your people aren't happy, you're gonna have to work even harder on the business side. So how can you balance that? And again, I think it comes down to getting that clarity on who you are as a company, as a culture, and what do you guys want? Where are you actually going? And then sticking to that by hiring and firing accordingly. So again, I think it all comes back down to clarity. And if you have that, then the business is gonna flourish as well and you're gonna be making money. But the numbers matter just as much as the people matter. And it's gotta got be a balance. And they've gotta complement each other and they've gotta make sense and work in tandem, in my opinion. Um, what examples of growing up do you feel you needed to do since starting your business or starting your own business? I like that question a lot. That's Richard Moore. Um, <clears throat> I would say, in terms of growing up, honestly, like the first... It's been three, almost three years of full-time entrepreneurship. Um, it's been three years of entrepreneurship. Um, I'd say growing up, like now, especially like having a team, having an office, um, having overhead, it's having employees, like it's like, it's like being a parent. Um, to really like being a parent, you know, like doing things, making sacrifices that they really don't understand, that they don't see, um, and that honestly they don't need to see. Um, keeping everybody in mind. Like, I feel like I'm 75 years old sometimes and I don't know how to explain that, but I also feel like I'm still 19. I feel like I'm still 21 when I started my first company. It, I've grown up in so many different ways, but I've also just become so self-aware. I've been, I've, I've become so like just okay with who I am as a person. Um, I'm super weird, you know, like sometimes I'll sit down with people and I'm thinking so much that I'm not even looking at them when I'm talking to them. I'm looking at space and doing this weird hand movement, movements, you know, like I'm just super okay with being who I am, being strange, being weird and just owning that. And there's a lot of people that talk about that, but I still feel there's a lot of people that are just not actually themselves. And being an entrepreneur, like I feel like I've grown up so quickly and I've just been become so comfortable in my skin and getting really good at being who I am, um, I would say I've grown in that area, but also like just being a parent, you know, being that that dad figure. And I've seen like my other founders grow as well. Like Izzy like has grown tremendously and he's doing all these different things um, that he wasn't doing before. And in marketing, he's grown. In sales, he's grown. And all like his skill set, he's grown. But just as a person, again, like that dad figure, Dids, I've seen go from, hey, I don't know if I can be a full-time videographer to, hey, I run a fucking business now. I know what I'm doing now. I'm gonna lead this team now. I'm gonna manage the marketing now. Brahma, again, like stepping on stage and getting uncomfortable even though he's that person that always stays behind the camera. As a creative, he's grown. Being a leader, he's grown. So there's just so many different avenues and so different, so many different areas that we've all grown as people. But also, I've seen our employees grow, and they're doing things that they weren't comfortable doing before. They're doing things that they had never done before, and I've seen this this growth, and it's that's the most exciting thing for me. We recently did, actually, yesterday we went to our business coach's office, all of us as a team. And we did like our, our core values as a group. And one of those was like self-growth. Like we want individuality and people to focus on self-improvement. And I've seen it, I've seen it so much and I love that. And honestly, like that, that's probably one of my favorite things about our culture, about our team is that everybody is focused on themselves, but that by focusing on themselves and growing as an individual, they're bringing that growth to the team. Um, but I would say those are things that I definitely see when it comes to growing up. But yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like because of this and because of the past three years, like it's just been, Hey, like I, I don't see the world in the same way. I don't see 
things that matter to most people my age don't matter to me. Like I'm so freaking patient, but also impatient. I want to be aggressive. I want to be assertive. I want to be um, just go-getter mentality when it comes to reaching our goals. But I'm super patient. I know that I'm not even 26 yet. And there's so many different things that I want to accomplish, but I'm still incredibly focused on what I'm doing now and building this thing so that I can get to those things. So I've grown up a lot. Um, and there's a lot of things that I probably just don't even realize have happened. But I, again, I feel like I'm 75 sometimes. So I would say that's how I've grown up and how my team has grown up in that regard. Um, how do you deal with a prospective client who doesn't take you seriously knowing the age you experience? Again, I answered that. And really, it's honestly just not working with those types of people because I don't have the energy to work with those types of people. I only work with people that get it. I can't convince the people right now that don't get it. Will Preble asks, have you ever felt like you've arrived? Um, no, <laughs> not even close. Again, like I have so many goals that are super lofty. I wanna be a part of the marketing team for the colonization of Mars. I want an esports organization. Um, I wanna write a book. I want, again, just so many lofty goals. I feel like I haven't accomplished anything. Um, and I was just talking to um, a bunch of people, a bunch of other entrepreneurs. <coughs> the question was asked, hey, what do you feel that you can just brag about? Like, what's that one thing that you just wanna brag about? And my answer was like, two years ago or a year ago, even like I, I used to feel the need to just tell everybody all of my accomplishments. I would go up on a panel and say, hey, yeah, I've got millions of LinkedIn views. All these people watch my stuff. I've spoken at this thing. I've done this. My team is this big. I live in this apartment. My dog's this cool. You know, I would just boast and just put it all out there. And I've gotten to a point where I don't feel the need to prove myself at all. Like at all, I was just getting drinks last night and I didn't say anything about me and that felt so good. But I just feel so secure in who I am and where I'm at and I know where I'm going that I don't feel the need to validate myself. I know who I am and what I'm good at. I don't feel that need to validate myself. And for the longest time I did. For the longest time I had to put myself out there. I had to, I had to prove to people that I was valuable, prove to people that I was good. But now I know where I am and I know where I'm going. So I definitely don't feel like I've arrived, but I do feel like I've gotten better and I have that sense of self-awareness and I know what I'm good at now and I don't need to prove that to other people. And I love that. And I never wanna be that person that's like, yep, this is what I've done, this is what I did, and that's always talking about himself. But that's kind of been an evolution for me and it's it's taken me three years to get there, but I like it and I like the space that I'm in now mentally. Um, Love your content on Instagram. You should make a YouTube channel about you. I have a YouTube channel. That's actually where I started. Um, I started a video diary, which is how I kind of got into video. I was, um, and I, he actually just sent me that first video, which is embarrassing, but <laughs> um, he's like, hey Q, I'd love to interview you about your first startup, which was a virtual reality company. And the interview went so bad. And I was so terrible on camera that I dedicated myself to shooting a video every single day for over 365 days. I did over like 500 across various platforms, but that was the reason that I got into video. And that was really like, that's what changed my life. Again, because I, I recorded over 500 videos before anyone really noticed, but that was the thing that changed my life. It was video. It was the fact that I got good on camera and I got good at telling stories and sharing and opening up and building a community. So I do have a YouTube channel um, if you want to check it out. And we have one as a company as well. Um, someone asked here how to get started. I would say just, just get started. Um, I, I Honestly, I hate that advice, but 
I hate when people say, just get started, just put yourself out there, just share your story, but take that first step. Don't worry about step two, don't worry about step three, don't worry about step 75, just step one. What is that step one? If you wanna be an astronaut, what's something that you can do today to become that astronaut, to get you closer to becoming that? Don't worry about everything after that. Step one is naturally gonna to lead to step two, and then it's naturally gonna to to lead to step three, four, five, and then again, 75, you'll get there. Um, it might take you 450 steps versus someone else's 75 steps, but just worry about your step one. Don't worry about everyone else. I don't know what it, what it is exactly that you're wanting to get started on, but again, just focus on step one. I think you already know how to get started. And if you don't, your step one is probably gonna be research. How do I get started? So I hope that helps. Um. <laughs> Person, just everybody, that's funny. Some of these questions are actually really funny. Um, how much of a topic do you need to know to start a company in that area? I would say enough to get paid for it. Um, enough to be dangerous at it. You don't have to be an expert uh, because ultimately, if you're like me, you wanna be more so working on the business than in the business. Um, I love strategy. I love social media. I love branding. Like that's definitely how my mind works, but my team's significantly better at it than I am. I'm really good on the strategy side. I'm really good on, um, okay, where are we going? What's the bigger picture? And then they're really good at executing that. Um, so I would say enough to be dangerous. Um, there's a lot of like um, number twos, um, the integrator, there's a lot of those that don't really know the industry. They're just really good at managing a team. So I would just look at your strengths, look at what kind of person you are, what kind of leader you are, um, and then build a team around that. But I would say enough to be dangerous, enough to get paid for it. There's people that just get started in photography that have photography businesses now. I know there's an entrepreneur here that started his business on his phone, um, and now he has a, a video company, you know? he was he's. I would say he's not an expert in that, and he wasn't an expert in that, but he's becoming that, and he's building a team that's good at that. So just enough to be dangerous, enough to convince someone to take a chance on you, but you have to deliver those results when you do get that chance. Don't bullshit them, don't lie. Be upfront, be straight. Okay, this is where I'm at, this is what I believe I can do with your company or with your, um, with your brand, whatever it is. These are the results that I can give you or that I believe that I can give you. Will you take that chance on me? Um, so I would just say enough to be dangerous and then go from there, man. When I first started, I sucked. I thought I was really good, you know? I thought I was really good, but I learned quickly that, hey, I don't have what it takes. I'm, I've never actually done this before. I've only ever worked under people. My company failed. Second one, I got good. I got really freaking good, but I got good by doing those things. And I knew no one would pay me unless I could do those things on my own. So that's why I started branding myself. That's why I started investing more time in myself. And then ultimately that turned into, hey, let's do personal branding for other people. Then it led to, hey, let's go into organizations and teach them that their employees should build a brand. These are results for that. This is what you can expect when your employees have a brand. And then I ended up launching this company, but Enough to be dangerous, man. Enough to convince someone to take a chance on you, I would say. Um, how do you want handle uncertainty in your life? Um, I'd say it's all uncertain. Um, I'm very much an optimist. I'm very much big thinker. Um, I've very, very big lofty goals. Again, with our business coaches, me and Izzy sitting in the room, and she said, I want you to rate your company. And she would name off these different aspects of our company. Mine were higher always, every single time than Izzy's, because that's how I am. But I have that balance. Izzy's very grounded. I'm very head in the clouds, right? That's how I am, and I have that balance. So um, uncertainty doesn't really bother me because I am head in the clouds, and I am a dreamer, and that's how I am. Um, and I deal with it, though, by 
when it does get to me, I deal with it by meditation, taking care of myself, and just um, doing all of the hard work that it takes to eliminate that uncertainty, or at least bring that uncertainty down. You know, like if you're not sure if you're going to get a client, having more things in the pipeline, right? Like focusing on a larger quantity so that you are you already know your close rate's fifty percent. Okay, I just need to get five deals instead of two deals, you know? I, I'm sorry, I just need to talk to five people instead of talk to two people. Just doing the work to eliminate that uncertainty. Um, but naturally, like that is not something that typically affects me, but when it does, just doing the work that I know is gonna help us get to where we wanna go. For me, personally, um, what is the biggest lesson you took away from failure? Um, honestly, like, I would say there's a lot of ways that I could answer that question. Um, there's a lot of things that I failed at. There's a lot of things that I've sucked at. Like from my first business, um, I learned that it's gotta be something that I'm passionate about. If I'm not passionate about it, I'm not gonna do it. And it can't be because I wanna make, I wanna please other people. It can't be because I wanna look cool. It can't be because of all of those stupid reasons, right? It's gotta be something that I'm uber passionate about. From my second company, I realized that I am a shitty leader. I was a very shitty leader and I, I was super blunt and I was super angry. One, I need people around me that can take my bluntness, but also I need to be more empathetic like I am in my personal life when it comes to business. Um, I need to be more empathetic more empathetic, so I learned how to be a more effective leader. I learned what kind of person I was and what I needed around me. Um, I needed to be more kind, I needed to be more understanding, I needed to actually listen to people. Even though I was right, I needed to realize that those were people. So there's been a lot of failures. I would say recently I've learned that um, I need to stick in my role. And when I step outside of my role, I'm undermining that person's authority that is the leader of that role. Um, I've learned that when I step into other roles, I often ruin that role. I ruin our work and our company plummets because of me stepping in, so I need to stay in my role. There's been so many lessons when it comes to failure. Um, and I literally, I could talk all day on it because I fail so much, but because of that, I become a better person, I become a better entrepreneur and a better leader. Um, I'll just say the biggest, honestly, is probably that that second company is just, this is the kind of person that I am. This is the kind of leader that I am. This is who I need around me. And just having that self-awareness has allowed me to build a team that is freaking incredible and freaking amazing now. Um, but there's been a, a lot of lessons when it comes to failure. Um, biggest pitfall you see yourself or others fall into when just beginning. I would go back to again what Jackie Hermes said and she said, you don't have a business until someone's ready to, to pay you for it. And the biggest thing is people send on all these questions, you know, like, how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? But they fail to take the action. They fail to get started. They fail to just go make the sale or just build that MVP or just get something out there. Done is better than best. I would say even myself, I did the same thing. Okay, research, research, okay. Okay, let's do this. Is the branding done? Is the website done? Okay, okay. I've got all these people I can reach out to, but I didn't actually reach out to them. So I would say go sell something. Go make money. Go figure it out. Go fail. Everybody wants to research. Everybody wants to ask the questions. Everybody wants to do all these things. That's great. That can be a great first step, but you gotta do something with it, right? I've learned the most, I read a lot of books, but I've learned the most when I actually implement those things that I've read in those books. I live my life like a mad scientist, test, 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 analyze the results, and then go again, right? What's a hypothesis? 
test it out, analyze the results, repeat, same thing. And I think more people need to do that. More people need to focus on the doing versus the researching. You can do and then you can research, or you can do and you can learn from, from your failures and go from there. So I would say just focus on making money, focus on getting results, focus on testing and learning from those failures. I'd say that's the biggest thing that I see people fall into and it's something that I, I did as well. Um, uh, I'm not sure what that one means. How do I start my business without money? Um, it depends what the business is. So our company was completely bootstrapped. Um, of course, we poured a couple um, thousand of our own dollars into the company to get started in terms of like gear um, and things like that. And of course, like our time that we put into it, but it really just depends on what kind of business is it what kind of business it is. Um, for us, like we didn't have any overhead, so it really didn't matter. All we needed was our gear and our minds. Um, but get creative, man. Like if you need office space, something that we did, I made a video on LinkedIn and I was like, yo, like this is what we do. I can help you in this area. I'd love to trade space. And then I went to bed because I wasn't sure if anyone was gonna help us. But I woke up to hundreds of, hey, got space in North Carolina if you ever want it. You got space in London if you ever want it. You got space in LA if you ever want it. Here's all these different spaces in Milwaukee and we ended up with a space in 24 hours and then we got a second space with event space for free within 48 hours. So just get creative when it comes to making money and when it comes to starting that business. But again, it depends on what kind of business it is. If you're trying to go to Mars, you're gonna need capital. You're gonna need investment more than likely. So it just depends on what kind of business it is, but get creative. There's a lot of things that you can do. Um, even if it's like building something else, having a side hustle that is making money so that you can launch that thing that is that you really want to do. Uh, because again, I'd love to get into esports. I want to invest in an esports organization. I want to own an esports team. I'm doing this and I want to understand branding and storytelling and all those different things so that I can be better at that. Um, so just really get creative and don't be afraid to do something else to funnel that money into that business is what I would say, what I would recommend. People think that they need to jump in all the time. They need to be that full-time entrepreneur all the time. Uh, but again, like I jumped in probably earlier than I should have because I struggled for a very long time. Don't be afraid to work so that you can funnel that money. There's nothing wrong with working with other people. But again, what's gonna work best for you? Um, how do you decide who to collaborate with and who not to collaborate with personality-wise? <coughs> that is a good question. Um, so for me, personally, collaboration is the reason why I took off when it comes to personal branding. I'm, and I, it's probably gonna be the reason that I continuously grow. Because when you, I don't know, I think people are just so afraid and they allow that food to keep them from collaborating. I honestly don't give a shit what anybody else is doing because I'm not threatened by it. I know where I'm going and I know my goals are completely different than their goals. And if their goals are the same, then they're probably copying me, which is probably means they don't actually want to do that thing anyway. But I'm so passionate about what I want to do and where I'm going that I don't really see anybody else's competition. So I'm totally down to collaborate with anybody. But I have a business to grow and I have, I have things that I need to do and my time is very limited. So. I've been saying no to more things. Hey, reach out to me in October. Hey, totally down, but can you reach out to me at this time? Um, and just 
being super protective of my time and only taking on collaborations that I know that I can handle and I know that I can bring value and they can bring value as well um, until I do have more time as well. But I'm totally down to collaborate with anybody because the more people I can reach, the more people that I um, can help. And that is a part of my mission. So again, like I'm not threatened by anything that anybody else is doing, even if they're in the same field. And I think if more people thought like that, they would probably close more deals. It would probably do more damage when it comes to reaching their goals and obtaining those goals. But that's just kind of how I think because I was a musician. Again, I was a singer-songwriter for um, six to seven years and musicians collaborate. They're on each other's albums, you know, they're in each other's videos all the time. Same thing. Uh, you don't have to compete even though it's the same field, even though you're doing the same thing. So that's kind of how I think and how I decide from there. Um, let's see. I'm going to make sure I get to all these. Again, I didn't prepare for these because I wanted to be candid. I wanted it to be real um, and get my real answers, not just something that I prepped for. Yeah, these are some good questions. Would you recommend a growth hacker for your company from the start in order for your company to hit the ground running? Um, honestly, like personally, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about growth hacking. Um, it just depends <clears throat> on who you are, what are your beliefs, um, and where you're going. Like, if that makes sense for you, like for sure, um, for sure. Like, I'm all about content. I'm all about reaching people. Um, I'm not sure I understand the methodology behind like the whole growth hacking thing, but. Um, if that makes sense for you, for sure, I'm not the best person to give an answer there. Um, I guess some people could consider myself a growth hacker, but I would not consider myself that. Um, credibility answered that. There's a lot of, hey, like, how do you deal with being young? How do you deal with people not believing in you? And I would say work for it. Like, work for it. A lot of people just expect people to support them. They expect people to follow them. They expect people to believe in them. And you've got to work for it. You've got to earn that shit. And that's been the biggest thing. So don't waste time on trying to convince them, yeah, I've done this, I've done this, blah, 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 blah. Just work for it. Prove that you know what you're doing. Prove that age doesn't matter. Prove it. Don't whine about it. Don't cry about it. Just prove that you know what you're talking about and that you're a credible source. And eventually they will come around. That's what I've seen on my end, at least. What was your goal when you, when you first started? And if it has changed since then, how has it led to change? I love that question because I think there's been a lot of change and I think more people need to embrace change. So when I first started just as an entrepreneur, honestly, I just wanted financial freedom. Um, and I, I wanted to do what I wanted to do and I wanted to enjoy my life. I would say now, um, when I first started this company, it was, hey, like, I don't wanna do this alone and I actually want to bring impact to people. I wanna help people recognize the power of their story. So let's just record videos on people and tell their story. That's kinda of how we started. Like that was it. We just wanted to record content and we wanted to get paid to be us and do our own thing and help other people do the same thing. That was it. You know, like we weren't an agency, we weren't doing any of these things. We were just recording and kind of, we wanted to have like the sponsorship model, which terrible business model for us, um, thinking back. And now it's evolved into so much more, you know, like so much more, like, like we're still gritty. Like we still want to show people like the power of story. We want to be that example, but, um, and, and show people that your story can, can get you so many different things. And the story is important and help people realize that. But for us, like as an, as an organization, like we always want to 
be that example. But the, the agency is always going to be the machine for things that we launch in the future, right? So Urban Misadventures is a parent company, right? Like, let's say we launch a fashion company. Right? We've already worked with these fashion brands. We already know what works. We know what our community wants as well because we've built that. Let's launch our own. But the agency is going to help that brand grow. Like, that's kind of the, the mission for us. That's kind of the vision where we're going in the future. We want to own our own companies and our own brands underneath that Urban Misadventures um, holdings company so like that's the mission for us but again it still goes back to we want to help other people discover their story other people share their story and get impact and impact other people with that story get results with that story that's us we help brands people companies build influence and generate leads with their story so it's changed a lot from just hey let's go let's go help people let's record stories and let's let's amplify their voice because that's what we were um, and I know it's going to continuously evolve but like that's kind of the the long-term vision for us don't be afraid of that evolution because I know again there's going to be so much more and we would have died as a company if we did not make that pivot um, what's your first thought when it comes to scaling successfully um, I'd say be aggressive. Um, don't be afraid to be aggressive. And again, get out of working in the business as soon as you can. Work on the business so that you can focus on scaling effectively. So bring on a team that you actually trust. Bring on a team that can do the work so that you can focus on the necessary areas. But I would say also, similar to where we're going, like make sure you have someone that's accountable for each um, pillar of your business. You need that visionary. You need that integrator. Oftentimes they're the same person. For us, they're not. Um, you need that person that's in charge of sales and marketing. Sometimes they're the same box. Sometimes they're not. You need that person that's in charge of ops, in charge of finances, right? Make sure that you have someone that's accountable for each pillar of your business. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Otherwise, things are going to fall through the cracks. So I would say that is going to be integral when it comes to scaling. But again, making sure that you're outsourcing and making sure that you're bringing on that team so that you can focus on working on the business, not working in the business. And if you want to be working in the business, bring on someone that can work on the business while you're in the business. But oftentimes you're a founder and you want to be on the business. So I see that is something that I would keep in mind if you are looking to scale. Um, but don't be afraid to be aggressive. Um, when did you know that it was possible to keep going even when the results aren't there? Good question. Um, so I struggled a lot. Um, I struggled a lot and I still feel like I haven't ex fully explained the extent of my struggle. Um, but there was times where like coffee was the only thing that I would have in my body because I didn't have any food. Um, there was times where I'd go to the coffee shop and have to schmooze the barista so that I could get something for free, you know? Like um, I literally bought rice and chicken all the time because it was something my dog and I could both eat. I rented out the rooms in my apartment so that I could pay rent. Um, my power was off many, many times. I struggled a lot. And even when I, when we did start making money, like I was homeless, you know, because I ruined my credit and I didn't have a place to stay. Um, like going through that on my birthday, like going from having no one to building this brand that I thought was successful and uh, being this person that was considered a thought leader, but then still being alone on my birthday. So just like mentally going through the struggle, like there's been a lot of fucking struggle. Um, but again, I always go back to how I felt when I was working for other people, how I felt when I was doing everything else before. And that to me 
that was worse because I wasn't happy because I wasn't doing something I was passionate about. I wasn't doing something that I love. And even if the money's not there, I've gotten so creative to the point where I know that I will always be okay. And I'm building brand equity to the point where I know I will always be okay. I was kept going because even though the results weren't there because I love what I'm doing because I know where I want to go because I know what impact I want to have and focus on that. Because again, like if you're gonna be miserable, why not be miserable doing something that you love? And again, that doesn't mean you have to jump in full time. It doesn't mean that you have to do it full time at all by any means, but that's something that worked for me. I kept going because I know where I wanna go and I believed in myself to the max. I ridiculous belief in myself and I don't know where that stems from, but I know that I can do it. I know that I always will do it. But again, I go back to that pain and I go back to that struggle and I go back to that mental state that I was in and I never want to fucking be there again. And I never want anybody else to go through that. Like I went through that. That's why I do it. That's why I kept going. And that's why I will always keep on going. So um, again, just pain and pain to me is a superpower and it's something that people don't use a lot, but yeah, yeah. Even though the results weren't there, that's that's why I did it. But that's a good question, and that's a good question. I've I've got a bunch more. Um, I think I have a meeting here soon, so I want to head out. But um, again, like if there's anybody that you want to see us interview, if there's anything that you want to hear from us, if you want a founders like episode, if there's something you want to see, um, like just let us know because we're always taking feedback and we want to roll in different things and we want to be strange on purpose. So just totally let us know. We're always down to try anything, but. I appreciate all of you guys sending in the questions. There's still a bunch that I didn't get to. I'm gonna write a blog as well to get to the rest of them um, and to touch on other things. But you all are incredible. Stay strange. Appreciate you listening. Again, if you like what you hear, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, that would be rad. But peace.